previously on Libel the Bible. The mayor of New York City encourages us to sexually harass people who are just trying to eat. And Scott thinks the women are asking for it. Rusty gives step-by-step directions on how to perform the old dick in the popcorn trick. Scott learns that making fun of people who are still on fire may be inappropriate. Nathan famously delivers to David a warning from the Lord. Will the child die? The child will die. Did the child die? The child is dead. Ignoring every other detail about biblical stories, Scott obsesses over Canaanite home decor and living spaces. David's son rapes David's daughter. But it's okay, because she was really beautiful. And now, episode 87 of Libel the Bible. hit record so i'm glad that you're ready well, now i gotta put my money in now my you mouth gotta is. think of something smart to say um words <laughs> bob barker died man i know bob barker died yeah. i'm rusty i'm scott and this is libel the bible <laughs> i'm neutered and you're spade see bob barker used to say that at the end of every uh price is right up somebody said that you know he died he was 99 they were mm. like he died as close to 100 as he could without going over hmm that seems to be like a celebrity thing. Didn't like a... Uh... No, because I'm saying that's like a thing oh, on the right, Price is Right. Is you right. don't go yeah, over. God. Rewind that, man. Rewind that. That's all right. it again, man. That's all right. For all the jokes that you say that I ignore, that <laughs> was fine. You got to pass on that Yeah, but you one. ignored. I completely like didn't even get the joke. Like, I was paying attention. Like, you don't pay attention. That's why you Well, I think the audience has come to expect a certain <laughs> level of intellect from you, you know, so. Uh, my neighbor, she had, a, um, she had a beagle, and his name was Bob Barker. Because he was a barker. Yeah, I guess. And, yeah. like, did she get it neutered or spayed? I'm sure she did, yeah. Mm. Okay. yeah. I'm glad you brought up Bob Barker. By the way, Which is funny. famous sexual harasser. Uh, you know, like, the ladies on the show? Yeah, I heard about them. Yeah, so, like, they, like, she wrote, like, a tell-all. Like, he was apparently really, like, handsy That's and gross backstage. I was, I was uh, right up to previously on. Watching like the the new news, and they were actually interviewing some of the ladies, and they had nothing but like the greatest things to say about him. Really? Uh, well, ask Janice Dickinson. Uh, I don't think she has a lot of good Dickinson. things. Dickinson. I don't even know if it's Janice Dickinson. It's one of those. Uh, wasn't she a porn star? Dickinson. That sounds like biblical, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot of dicks and sons. Yeah. Has there been a lot? Not a I lot. mean, not overtly, but you if you read between the lines. Yeah, and by lines we mean butt cracks. <laughs> By lines, we mean the people that were doing coke when they wrote this book. Because only a coke fiend would be like, yeah, this is a good idea, right? Like, yeah. No, you saw what happened, right? The fucking water was up the fucking air. Fucking talking donkey, man. That's, what, that's oh what's God. missing. A talking donkey's going to tie Noah. everything no, thank together. thank God for Noah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. We came in hot. Came in hot. Came in hot. Didn't know we were hot, though. But one of the things that you liked about the last episode was like the lower energy level. It was that we low had. energy when we yeah. were recording it. I wasn't really feeling it. I, mm-hmm. but then when I listened back, I liked the level of energy that them. it was. Yeah, I yeah. did. I I'm not saying every episode has to be that level of energy, but when I was cleaning my kitchen, doing the dishes, listening to it, mm-hmm. it was a nice level of energy. I was driving home from Long Island, and um, my wife and I were listening to it, and we were both laughing. It was a good episode. Nice, nice. I, I, like I to enjoyed hear, it. I like to hear when an outside party, you know, an outside finds party, it, yeah, finds, it, finds like uh, something to say, finds it funny, you know, because you know maybe people could leave us more feedback. I like that. So, um, I do want to thank our listeners for subscribing to our YouTube channel for sure. So nice. since since we first announced YouTube that we've like revamped it and we're updating it, and we asked people to go and subscribe, people have gone and subscribed. We went from like a dormant 22 subscribers, mm. uh, like the channel was like two years old. I stopped updating it. Like 22 subscribers had been there for like a year and a half. And since that call to action, we've gotten up to 49 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So that's like more than double. So that's great. Um, you know, we want to thank everybody for doing that. And if you're listening and you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, uh, you should go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we're going to start, like, leaving polls uh, on our YouTube. Stripper polls? 
that would be nice. Mm. Um, if anybody in our audience wants to volunteer, maybe I dine. <laughs> you know, maybe I mean, you know, no, <laughs> no you don't think I dine? <laughs> no, I don't think you should ask our person. <laughs> what? The one person that gave us feedback to do such a thing. Well, she's into it, obviously. Who oh. would you ask? Someone that's not leaving feedback? Yeah, I guess you're right. Why do you think she left feedback? Oh, right, right. She probably wants it. <laughs> they all want it. All right, Mayor Adams. <laughs> Yo, if you're just driving by and someone leaves a comment, that means that you she yeah. wants you to go over and talk to her. Yeah, pull that car over. Get up in that shit on the sidewalk. Well, he's Gandhi-like. He says, what would Gandhi do? Gandhi would stop his car and go and talk to... Speaking of Mayor Adams, can we segue into Mayor Adams sure, for a second? Sure, yes. Well, yes. So, well, it's two, it's twofold. So I was like, I was coming home at night the other night on the Belt Parkway. True, uh, was I coming? Which I was, I was in Queens on the Queens side of the Belt Parkway. Yo, it was fucking beyond the Thunderdome over there. Yeah. Yo, there are no rules on the road anymore. No. There were like four cars easily. So you for know, people that don't know, the Belt Parkway is a highway that runs along the southern border of like what is all of Long Island. All of Long Island being Brooklyn, Queens, and then like Long Island, the Bell Parkway becomes the Southern State Parkway. So basically it's like this giant stretch of road and in it's southern nice and Brooklyn and Queens. Yeah, it's it's very curvy. It's along it's the coast. Three line, lanes so. each way. So it's a it's a highway. Yeah. Yeah. It's very curvy. It's very it's it's it's, it's all urban and it's uh it's always packed. There's it's constant exits. Yeah, There's it's, like, it's always packed. It's not like a right. It's not an interstate where like exits are like 15 miles apart or 20 yeah. miles apart. It's like every mile, mile and a half. There's an exit, and like you could do 55 if traffic is moving okay. Yeah, and you, and you want to swim through it. <laughs> but but the problem is most people are either doing 35. Or 95. <laughs> like, there's no in-between. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. And to the TNLC drivers listening, please increase the highway speed. Oh, my please. God. Uh, so, getting back to Mad Max Thunderdome. Right. So, this, you know, there's four cars swimming through traffic. And a, there's guys like, hanging like, out of windows with chains. Fucking nunchucks. <laughs> Some asshole always has nunchucks. All right. So, all right. So, the traffic. An old-timey sw- hockey mask. <laughs> So these these cars are tr- swimming through traffic. People are doing like you said, thirty miles an hour. It's a shit show. And then like I'm like I hear it's, like I'm, it's stressful. I hear like I'm like somebody's got like a moped or something on here. Yeah. So this bike, like it's a mini bike. It's not like a motorcycle nor a moped. It's yeah. something in between, right? That's another and, thing that's happening now. Like all of these vehicles on the road that like should not be on the road. Oh, it's like Thailand out there. Come yeah. On. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, me and I'm like, what, what? what is that, right? And I see this feet literally two inches from the asphalt. Like, it's someone on the back. I don't even realize it's someone on the front, right? So, got to the point where we, 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 I came alongside this person, and the person driving, I think, was like a 15-year-old girl without a helmet on. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the person in the on back the Bell Park on the Bell Parkway, weaving through traffic. on what, I don't even know what this thing was. Yeah. No license plates, yeah. nothing. Half the cars in that license plate. So, it's, it's Mad Max out there. So I was thinking, I was like, you know, somebody's got to do something about this. Where is the mayor? Where is the mayor calling the police to action to, like, patrol our streets? And then I found out where the mayor was, Russ. Because I got an email from the mayor. Because he says, Dear Scott, I get an email, like, once a week from my, I'm somehow signed up to his notes or whatever, his uh, logs that he sends out. And uh, greetings from overseas. And he goes on and on to talk about how he's in Tel Aviv and touring Israel. Why? You got an email from the mayor? I got an email from the mayor, man. Because you registered for, like, emails from the mayor or because you're a registered Democrat? Like, why are you getting... It's, I, it's It comes from NewYorkCity.gov, so I must have gotten on some mailing list just okay. by signing up for a service or something. Um, so you want to know why he's in Israel instead of taking care of, like, business at home when yeah. there are, like, safety issues yeah. in New York? Yeah. Him specifically, and I want to know why... I was pretty civically minded for a while, so I used to go to civic meetings, right? And we had our local politician come by, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I know I was supposed to be here uh, last month, but I just got back from Israel, and like, like boasting about how he, he was in Israel. Yeah. So I raised my hand, of course, and the person next to me pulled my hand down, <laughs> like, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, what is the need for American politicians to go to Israel? 
It's multi-layered. So you have your evangelicals. Yes. That's number one. They they believe like Israel is the promised land. That is where Jesus will return. That is where the rapture will occur. Like Israel is, and like they believe that by helping Israel, we are helping like the cause of further the cause of Christianity. So that's a huge thing right there. Uh, in New York specifically, you have not only people like that, but then you have Jewish people in New York, right? You have not only the Hasidic community, not only the Orthodox community, but you have the secular Jewish community who have ties, either emotional ties with Israel or actual family in right, Israel. Right, right. Same thing with Soviet Jews, former Jews from you know the former Soviet Union. Um, who have ties to Israel. So in New York City, there's a large vote. So to answer your question, voting bases. Right. You have right. to pander to voting bases. Right. So for those of you who don't know, New York City has the largest Jewish population outside of Israel. I think we have more Jewish people than Israel. I Ma think, I think we did. And then um, it Israel, Israel has that thing every once in a while, like the, they bring come back to come home to Israel thing where they, what do you call that? I don't know. They send it out to the diaspora, and they ask Jews to come home, and okay. they, they apparently they... I think that's like an always thing. Like, I think it's maybe, we're always welcome there. I may, I think maybe they had a big push a couple years ago, and I think a lot of people went back to Israel or went to Israel okay. for the first time and stayed. So I think you were right, but I think... New homes in the now. West Bank, freshly bulldozed. <laughs> Ouch. So yeah, I just wanted to complain that like I, I, our politicians need to stay here and do yeah. their job here. They can send a billion dollars to Israel or Ukraine, but do it from here. So at least, like, you know, give the impression that you're doing your job. You're the New York City mayor. You know who's not New doing their City. job, Scott? The NYPD isn't doing their job. They're not, man. You know why all that's going on on the roads? Because they aren't working anymore. Because they're like, oh, you, you we can't, like, choke you to death anymore? Fine. Yeah. I so mean, now yeah. they're all, like, on subway platforms playing, like, Candy Crush in groups of like 15 they're like seagulls they <laughs> just a lot of they them. group together and like <laughs> hang out all day and they don't work i swear i don't see them anymore i literally the nypd is composed of more police officers than the coast guard has it's coast an Guardsmen. army we, it's an army it's, it's a legit army yeah it's, it's and they're it, massive i don't see them they're nowhere to be seen certainly not in patrol cars anymore i don't see them driving around I don't see them anywhere, and they used to be ubiquitous. Yeah. And there's not less of them. No. There's it's, more yeah, than ever. More. Yeah. Yeah, there's more than ever. You just don't see them anymore because they are throwing the biggest fucking adult tantrum ever over BLM. Or maybe, maybe we're, we're getting old and weird because when we were younger, we were always on the lookout for the motherfuckers. And now we're older, like, eh, back in our day, we're the, we're the fucking police. Let me tell you something, So maybe Scott. it's because we're not looking for them anymore, I'm, man. I'm still on the lookout for them, all right? <laughs> I, I'm into some shady shit. I'm still on the lookout. Yeah, so, yeah. That's really that the whole thing about not doing a job. Like, what's, what? I thought it was more along the lines of not even that. Like, um, they don't get their respect anymore, right? They don't get respect on the job. I'm like, hey, welcome to the rest of the fucking workforce. Who the fuck gets respect on it? I like how they're like, it's a hard job. Like, there's all these excuses. Oh, it's only a few bad apples. Meanwhile, the saying is, a few bad apples spoil the bunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the saying. So, yes, a few bad apples spoil the bunch. When there's a few bad apples and you're protecting them and you're shielding them and you're not doing anything about them, then you're just as bad of an apple and you're a fucking enabler and you're part of the fucking systemic problem. And yeah. you need to go just as much as they do. Yeah. If I, when I was teaching, if I knew about a teacher who was abusing their power with a student and then I covered that up, yeah. You know what I mean? Didn't they have some guy like was with little boys in the shower and like people heard it and just like left the room? Like left the left left the locker room? Like uh in school? Sadusky? Is it Sadusky? Oh yes, at Penn yeah, State. Yeah, yeah, like fucking like people knew and they totally hundreds covered that shit of up. boys Crazy. over like decades and it was known by Joe Paterno, that, that piece was, of shit that scumbag. Was name, yeah. yeah. He's like a hero. Fuck that guy. Yeah. He allowed the abuse of fucking hundreds of fucking underprivileged boys. Yeah. Yeah. What a piece of shit. 
so many pieces. Of Speaking shit of there. religious people, <laughs> I got a question for you, Scott. All right, a new poll was conducted. They ask this every year since 1990, or I have statistics since 1990. What percentage of American adults do you think said in the affirmative to this particular prompt, quote, I know God really exists, and I have no doubts about it. So people were asked, yes or no, I know God really exists, and I have no doubts about it. What do you think the percentage of Americans who said that was in 2021? I don't have the 2023 stat. Right, without, uh, without drawing it out, asking you, like, what demographic did they go after? Well, I'm going to say... American adults. I'm going to say 30%. Oh, wow. No, many more than that. 49.7% of American adults say it said, I know God really exists and I have no doubt about it. That is a record low, by the way. That is the first time since the question's been asked that it's dipped below 50%. To give you a perspective, in 1994, it was nearly 70%. So nearly 70% of Americans in 1994 said, I know God really exists and I have no doubts about it. And then you know what happened, Scott? And then the internet came around. (laughs) And people started reading shit and seeing shit. And they were like, oh, my God, there is no God. See, just by the when fact they that- saw Goatse, do you know about Goatse? You know don't know Goatse. I know about Donkey says. I'm going to have to send you Goatse. For those that don't know, why, go look up Goatse. Is it spelled like weird? Just, you'll find it. <laughs> you'll okay. find it. All right. So we, we're making progress, but we obviously have a lot more work to do. We're making pro- well. When you say we, do you mean you and I? Yeah, you and I. Oh, we're making progress. Yeah. You think it's because of us? Like you think like? Well, the internet came out, right? Mm-hmm. We're on the internet. We are. So we are responsible for that number to come down, coming down. Yes, I like your logic, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I like about it. You don't really have to go through any of like the rigorous like steps or processes to like. Get the, to yeah. the final conclusion. Yeah. Why, would, why would I go to college, learn something, double proof, double blind Scott, study something, and like just have Make some guy on the say bullshit? Yeah. Right? Make yeah. an assumption and then leapfrog to the conclusion. Eh, yeah. Eh. The fuck am I going to do tests and shit on that assumption? Listen, I have the right to my opinion, as uninformed or dumb <laughs> as it is. As you, who have read about the subject and know about the subject. Right. Right? What subject? Any subject. (laughs) It's a comedy show, Scott, and I'm Uh, saying that you are well-read and know uh, things. (laughs) But wait a minute. That's not really true. Oh, that's the joke. Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah, I got got it, man. I I got it, man. I know. Uh... Speaking of jokes, <laughs> this book you got another Maui joke? <laughs> no, I do not. I'm gonna ring the jokes in for a while. You know, not you know, just so you know, to give give my creative juices a rest. Not because I didn't think I did anything wrong, and I need to be you know, stay out of the spotlight for a while. I just need to recharge yeah, yeah. my batteries, man. I, I know. So yeah. you were saying, speaking of jokes, I was gonna say, uh, this book we're reading, huh? Huh? Uh, by the way, I'm reading a book, and it's super fucking interesting and it happened in america and i never knew about it and it's crazy that i never knew about it and it goes to show you like more like examples of like white fucking privilege and white supremacy i was gonna say 50 years from now you could say that about slavery like dude did you know it was slavery in america (laughs) well that i knew so 50 years from now people will not know that so there was a tribe of indians living in kansas the osage and uh, they were living on good land, and they got their sh- shit kicked off into northeastern Oklahoma onto shit land. Of course. So the white settlers took over in Kansas, and they started farming because they're dumb fucking hick rednecks. And so the fucking Native <laughs> American— supermarkets yet, man. <laughs> Where in Kansas? <laughs> Anywhere at that time. <laughs> so my brother-in-law went to boarding school in Kansas, and the name of the town— in German, literally meant the place where the wagon broke down. 
All right. Ah. So they were like, they weren't even like the industrious enough ones to make it out west with like the rest of them. Their shit broke down and they were like, fuck it. So that's like, those are the descendants of those people. So let's get that straight. (laughs) So um, these Indians get kicked off onto land in northeast Oklahoma Mm. and they're living in extreme poverty. And then, you know, like they start like these schools where they're forcing like, Indian kids to go to uh, school to learn, like, English and to become, like, white, basically, like, the mannerisms of white people and all that. So for, like, 30, 40 years, they're living on this shit land. And then all of a sudden, wouldn't you know, they find a little oil there. I feel like we... Did we didn't talk about this? So the government signs a fucking con- I I don't remember talking okay, about this. Yeah, so yeah. the government signs a contract with them saying, like, we'll give you, like, each of you, like, a, a share of, like, the oil, whatever. And they're like, all right. And then it turns out there's a shit ton of oil. Mm. And so these Indians become per capita the richest people on the planet. Like, they're super ultra wealthy, this entire tribe of Indians. The Osage, okay? Wait, how did the whites not renege that contract as soon as they saw it? There was so much oil, like, the whites were that much richer. Oh, okay, all right. So these fucking Indians were driving around in Rolls Rolls Royces. And by the way, I say Indian because most of them prefer Indian to Native American. And I know this because my wife is from New Mexico, and she went to school with many Indians, mm. and, like, she's still in touch with a lot of them. And, you know, so she's, like, Indian adjacent to be able to, like, tell me. Anyway, so these Indians are being chauffeured in Rolls Royces by, like, white people. And white people are, like, nice. their servants. So it's quite scandalous, nice. right? <laughs> then in the 1920s, they start getting killed. Like, wait, 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 wait. What year were these Rolls Royces? In like the 1920s, in the uh, 1910s, 1920s. Uh, and so they start getting killed. Like some of them start getting shot. Uh, one couple has their entire house like blown up, like severely blown up. There's like over 20 murders that start occurring on this reservation of these people. Poisonings. And so the book... Is about it's called the Killers of the Flower Moon, the Osage County Murders, mm. and so this is when the FBI was still called the Bureau of Investigation, and the the Teapot Dome scandal had just happened, where there was like a whole bunch of like patronage shit that went on, and the Bureau of Investigation was like heavily linked to it. And J. Edgar Hoover was like the undersecretary. He was like in his 20s. And his boss got fired. So J. Edgar Hoover wound up getting promoted after this Teapot Dome scandal to like the head of the Bureau of Investigation. And so his first case was investigating like these murders that were occurring. And it's crazy that I never knew about this. That is crazy. Martin Scorsese just made like a movie about it. That's oh, like how it got on my radar. It's going to suck then. Because it's Scorsese, right? He's fucking terrible. Crap, he cranks Yeah, out. he makes the worst shit. <laughs> fucking hack. Fucking dickhead. Really? So, well, listen, I didn't know I didn't know about Black Wall Street until like last year. So, what's Whoa. crazy is, this is exact, 1921 is when Black Wall Street happened, and mm. Black Wall Street was literally in Oklahoma, right? Oh, and this shit. place was in fucking northeast Oklahoma, and like the two towns were not fucking far apart. And like it, they started occurring at the same time, and none of those people involved were involved in both, right? Yeah, find that hard to believe. Listen, we're not saying that's what happened. We're just asking questions and yeah. saying that's what happened. Oklahoma is okay. <laughs> I mean, if you're a white supremacist. By the way, do you know that the Supreme Court <laughs> just said that the Native Americans in Oklahoma like cannot be governed by the laws of Oklahoma? Really? Yes. You mean on the reservation? No. I mean, in Oklahoma, the Supreme Court said that the, the, the state laws of Oklahoma have no governance over the sovereignty of like tri- like tribal people of Oklahoma. 
What's next, man? Drinking out of my fucking water fountain? <laughs> Dating my daughter? Yeah. Voting? An Indian can just walk Those into your people house take your and job slap soon. you around, man. Well, there's, well, there's still... Take your land? Well, there's still, there's still the law of getting your ass kicked if you fucking... How dare these Indians take our uh, land like that? Uh, how long ago was this decision made? Uh, like a year and a half, two years ago. It's being, like, challenged now, but, was I mean... Was it still liberal over there in the courts? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's what's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. I think like Clarence Thomas wrote like the majority opinion in like favor of the Native Americans. Wow. Because yeah. he can't write. <laughs> I just yeah, know that guy of is that. famously fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, relatively speaking, you know, not like stupid like if he was hanging out at your yacht club, but like stupid like in the context of like, you know. Being on the Supreme Court of the United States. <laughs> so, as a Supreme Court justice, he may be smarter than the average folk, but he's on the dumb end of Supreme Court justice. He's on the dumb end of, like, the pa- the level of power that he's at. Oh. Uh, what about Brett Kavanaugh? Like, how would you rate him compared to, like, Brett Kavanaugh? That guy's... Because <laughs> that guy's... That guy's dumb. a frat boy. <laughs> frat boy, idiot. Uh, I mean, listen, they have to have a certain level of intelligence to get where they got, right? They have to have retained information about the law. Which doesn't actually, you know what, I've decided that does not make you smart. Knowledge doesn't make you smart. Not at all. So Knowledge just makes you knowledgeable. Yeah. It's what you do with knowledge that determines whether you're smart or not. Yeah. Like, look at you, Scott. No one, no, I disagree. (laughs) No one has done so much with so little knowledge (laughs) as you. Wait a minute. <sighs> yeah. You want to get into the book? I guess. I don't know. Did we talk about everything? Hey, we didn't talk yeah. about the man that he that got fucked to death. But, you know, people can go <laughs> wait, look wait, it wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. Hold that thought because yeah. you could probably segue that into something that's probably going to happen in what we're reading tonight. Probably. Someone's going to get fucked. Well, remember, like, Yahweh was going to punish the wives by oh, having them, like, fuck, like, in public. Yeah. Probably to death. What are we, what are we reading tonight? We're starting with 2 Samuel 14. Oh, right. I'll kick it off, man. Absalom well, wait, returns give, to Jerusalem. Let people, give people a chance to open up their oh, right, Bibles right, right, to 2 Samuel 14. Right. We'll wait, everybody. We should we should have like a built-in pause, you know? Like a built-in Be- because pause? Because like when people, like, like if we decide like to go right into it, people scramble for their Bibles. So right. now they're not hearing it. They're already right. behind. They're going to a page. And then... They have to know what's coming because even if we say, "Oh, by the way, go get your Bibles," mm-hmm. they're gonna still jump up. Mm-hmm. So, like, it should be almost like a known thing that will have a built-in pause. You no, know we should do. We should have like a fucking Google Meet where, like, we put like everybody, like, we have, we make sure they're all sitting like at a desk with like the Bible open in front of them, like a class mm. as we're reading it. Eh, probably not. <laughs> I don't care if they're driving or not. I, I just, I just want to, sc- I just want to scold people. <laughs> Yeah, who's going to show their face on to, to this Soy boy? Well, yeah. He'll be like out walking in the woods, like <laughs> on shrooms. We're going to get right back to the show. But before we do, we'd like to invite you to come visit our Patreon. Each week, we discuss a new topic at the intersection of society and religion. We explore the encroachment of religion onto secular institutions, such as schools, workplaces, and government. In addition... We'll investigate whether religion practices what it preaches. So, after this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash libel to Bible and join the conversation. And now, back to the show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Second <clears throat> Samuel 14. Absalom returns to Jerusalem. Is Absalom the one that fucked his sister? I don't even remember. I don't remember either. Probably. Even if he wasn't, he should have to register too. <laughs> now Joab, son of Zeruiah, Zeruiah, perceived that the king's mind was on Absalom. Joab sent to Tekoa and brought from there a wise woman. He said to her, pretend to be a mourner, put on mourning garments, and do not anoint yourself with oil, but behave like a woman who has been mourning many days for the dead. Go to the king and speak to him as follows. And Joab put the words into her mouth. Okay, so a little uh, trickery is so, about to occur. So Joab, son of Zariah, checks out David, the king. Right? He's he's in a mood. He's thinking about his son that that, that went away. For, why did he go away? Because I think he's the rapist. Because God's like looking for him, man. 
<laughs> He's on the lamp from God, from Yahweh. You can do that? You can hide from God? Yeah. All right. So now he wants to scam the king. I'm hoping it's like to put him in a good mood, right? He's like, this is like his boy. He wants to cheer him up. So he's gonna have this woman pretend to be mourning. Well, Joab's like the like he's like that super loyal dude, right? That like ruined all chance of like a truce with that other tribe. Remember that? That was him. Yeah. Right. He pursued the other guy. He didn't trust them. Yeah. Rightfully so. I know yeah, those people. If you say so. When the woman of Tekoa came to the king, she fell on her face to the ground and did obeisance and said, Help, O king. The king asked her, What is your trouble? She answered, Alas, I am a widow. My husband is dead. Your servant had two sons, and they fought with one another in the field. There was no one to part them, and one struck the other and killed him. Now the whole family has risen against your servant. They say, Give up the man who struck his brother, so that we may, we may kill him for the life of his brother whom he murdered, even if we destroy the heir as well. Thus they would quench my one remaining ember and leave to my husband neither name nor remnant on the face of the earth. Is this like something to do with him? Like why is this like supposed to trigger him? Uh, I, I don't know if this is gonna, why this is supposed to trigger him, but I'll say this. She went all in on this. She didn't like. She had her backstory ready, like why are you mourning? Oh, my husband died. Well, that's like, what she was Joab whispered for, like, into her, her ear. I know, but it's nice that they thought about like the the king might ask for details, and they were prepared for this. No, I think she's just saying what Joab whispered into her ear. Well, right. Well, Joab, I'm saying, like thought to oh, have yes. like a whole background well, story. Yes, definitely. So now let's get this right. So the husband. But my question is, Scott, <laughs> what, what, why? Like, Joab knew that this story was going to affect David in such a way. So why did he choose, like, two brothers fighting in particular and one of the brothers killing the other brother? And now that brother is, like, in danger of being, like, killed by the mob who wants vengeance. And the mom is like, you know, like, one son's already dead. Now they want to kill my other son. So, like, why that story? Did Absalom leave because he was fighting with his brother? Yes, it was the brother that ratted him out to fucking David oh. that he fucked the sister. There you go. So maybe she's trying to say, yo, you see how shit will fucking come to a head and someone yes. and ends up dead? So maybe you need to like so that's do what something Joab about is this. Doing. Okay. All right. Then the king said to the woman, go to your house and I will give orders concerning you. The woman of Tekoa said to the king, on me be the guilt my lord the king, and on my father's house, let the king and his throne be guiltless. The king said, If anyone says anything to you, bring him to me, and he shall never touch you again. Then she said, Please, may the king keep the lord your god in mind, so that the avenger of blood may kill no more, and my son not be destroyed. He said, As the lord lives, not one hair on your son shall fall to the ground. And then after she left, Luca Brazzi came in. <laughs> And he said, and may your first child be a masculine child. I think me and you would be engaged better with each other mm -hmm. if I just watched the Godfather movies at this point. <laughs> like, so like I get the references. It's like the very opening scene. It's yeah. like the first scene when he's like meeting with people and they're all requesting things. So like she's like there, he's the king. So let's hear it's, this story. It's all right, so people that, get it. People yeah. in the audience have seen the Godfather. So she goes to him, says my husband's dead, right? And your servant had two sons. So her sons, or her husband's sons, get into a fight. One kills the other. A crowd's like, let's go get the other guy, right? Yeah, it's justice. Um, so then he would have no heirs. So she's, like, upset. Like, if that son gets killed, my, my husband's legacy is gone. So the king's like, go to the house. I'm going to take care of this. And like, no one is going to touch you. No one's going to touch you. I'm going right. to protect your son. But that, right. all right. So that's where we stand, right? Yeah. So I'm he's, just, off, he's offering her his protection. All you had to do was come to me. But you thought the law was going to take care of you. But where's the law now? I was thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the woman said, please let your servant speak a word to my lord, the king. He said, speak. The woman said, why then have you planned such a thing against the people of God? <clears throat> For in giving this decision, the king convicts himself, inasmuch as the king does not bring his banished one home again. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, 
Now she's talking about his son, the she's banished son. She's segueing into, okay. I think now, like, I like so, what she did before, but now, like, it's not as subtle anymore. Yeah, like she, I think she's going to tip him off. Yeah, this seems, this seems like it's planned now. Yeah, yeah, it's clunky. We must all die. We are like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up. I haven't heard of sponges. But God will not take away a life. He will devise... But God will not take away a life. <laughs> Winner for the best line yet. <laughs> he will devise plans so as not to keep an outcast banished forever from his presence. Now I have come to say this to my lord, the king, because the people have made me afraid. Your servant thought, I will speak to the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his servant. For the king will hear and deliver his servant from the hand of the man who would cut both me and my son off from the heritage of God. Your servant thought, the word of my lord the king will set me at rest. For my lord the king is like the angel of God, discerning good and evil. The lord your God be with you. Dude, I, I don't know what's going on now. <laughs> She's... When she, read, when she makes the say, um... Uh, your servant will say she's talking about herself, right? Like yes. she's the servant. Yes. <sighs> she's asking him to be godly, and to make godly decisions, and to make wise decisions, and how great he is. And so she's like trying to make him do the right thing in terms of his son. So wait a minute. So back then, back in those days. You could just put on, like, some fake black clothes, pretend to mourn to get an audience with the king, and then do, like, fucking lobbyist shit with him? Thank you. Thank you, my lord, for protecting me. Now, can you protect the fishermen from the guys down at the dock? Like, what, what is this? I guess so. I guess so. There was, like, block of cheese day in the White House. I think, like, Andrew Jackson or someone put out, like, a block of cheese, and, like, people could, like, come in and, like, get, a, like, cheese... Yeah. Like food and like ask the president like shit. Oh. All right, but that sounded like it was planned. She kind of got in here on the false pretenses, and he should be seeing. Well, that. Joab got her in. Then the king answered the woman, "Do not withhold from me anything I ask you." Uh oh. The woman said, "Let my lord the king speak." The king said, "Is the hand of Joab <laughs> with you in all of this?" <laughs> You're right. She totally tipped her Yeah, head. I mean, come on. She went too far. <laughs> well, I'm surprised that anybody in the Bible was smart enough to realize that she went so far. Went too far. Why? These are like, you know, these people are crafty. <laughs> the woman answered and said, As surely as you live, my lord the king, one cannot turn right or left from anything that my lord the king has said. For it was your servant Joab who commanded me. It was he who put all these words into the mouth of your servant. She's snitching, yo. <laughs> she didn't even be like, nah, what are you talking about? In order to change the course of affairs, your servant Joab did this. But my Lord has wisdom like the wisdom of the angel of God to know all things that are on the earth. So she's like, yeah, she snitches him she's out. She's still playing him. But she's still, and she's also saying, but he did it for the right reasons. And then, by the way, you're just awesome and wise. Like, now she's buttering him up. Yeah. yeah. She's still playing him. Then the king said to Joab, wait, is Joab in the room when he's like, yo, did he put you up to this? Apparently so. (laughs) Joab's like tugging on his collar in the corner. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) Ixnay on the no way. Ixnay. Because you know, even trying to do the right thing in in these times will get you killed. Then the king said to Joab, In these times? By these times, you mean the past 4,000 years? Very well. I grant this. Go bring back the young man Absalom. Wow, he put it all together, huh? Joab prostrated himself with his face to the ground and did obeisance and blessed the king. And Joab said, Today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, my lord the king, in that the king has granted the request of his servant. So Joab set off went to Geshur, and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. The king said, Let him go to his own house. He is not to come into my presence. So Absalom went to his own house and did not come into the king's presence. Mm-hmm. All right, so Joab's, a, Joab's either a good advisor or a good friend slash advisor to the king. But why is it necessary for this kid to come back? He's got other kids. 
David. Yeah, but well, because the, the, the story started with he knew that the king was preoccupied thinking about him. So. Oh, okay. And I like that the fact that he brought him back, but still, I ain't talking to your ass. Stay the fuck away from me. It wouldn't be easier to just like hire some hookers and like clear the king's mind that way. Like he had to like go through this whole elaborate plot. No, the last time somebody forced themselves on somebody and had uh, what would you call it uh, last week? A uh, post ejaculate clarity. <laughs> yeah. He tossed her out. He was like disgusted with her. So he'd be with the prostitute. He would toss her out, and he'd probably dig Absalom even, uh, you know, even right, more. Fair, good point. So yeah, David forgives Absalom. Oh, okay, good. That didn't take long. Now. In all Israel, there was no one to be praised so much for his beauty as Absalom. From the sole of his foot. Gross. <laughs> the sole of his foot. Like, even like, all right, say the top of his foot. Like, maybe, I guess. But the sole of your foot? Come on. Do you think this? Oh, this, this, this <laughs> There's a group of freaks out there that have, like, the stone tablets of just chiseled feet pictures. A hundred. Like, just foot fetish. hundred percent. Tablets. hundred <laughs> percent. Yo, let me borrow that tablet tonight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just doing research. <laughs> What's that sticky? Ah, I just put some butter spilled on it. <laughs> From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. When he cut the hair of his head, for at the very end of every year he used to cut it. When it was heavy on him, he cut it. <laughs> Mention that's in parentheses. So somebody added that shit afterwards. He weighed the hair of his head, 200 shekels by the king's weight. There were born to Absalom three sons and one daughter whose name was Tamar. She was a beautiful woman. Stop. Wasn't a shekel was a like a form of money, right? Yeah. So we're gonna say, but it's it also had, a weight, I guess. It had to be okay. So it had to be at least. It a makes weight sense of, that the, the weight money of the would coin. be a weight. Yeah. We're gonna assume they're, they're equal. The weight and the coin. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, his hair weighed two hundred of those. I don't care how small the coins are. That had to weigh a lot, no? Because he was a dirty motherfucker. That's not just his hair. That's like all he didn't cut his hair for a year. You know what uh, else he didn't do for a year? Probably bathe or shampoo or yeah, like any of that. But he was beautiful without blemishes. In fairness, you know, I stopped shampooing. I don't shampoo anymore. I used to shampoo like once a week. I don't mm. shampoo anymore. You just wash it? I just wash it, Soap yes. or just water? No soap Just at all? water. Mm. Nothing in my hair. Uh, I have to say I haven't used shampoo in probably 25 or so years. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look like it. <laughs> you look like you haven't shampooed. <laughs> Uh, to those of you who don't know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm shaved bald for, for most of my adult life. <laughs> and adolescent life. Yeah. So Absalom lived two full years in Jerusalem without coming into the king's presence. Then Absalom... What was the point of talking about how like attractive he was? I don't know. It was like it set you up. Like he was the most attractive man from head to foot, no blemishes. And he had three kids. And he lived in Jerusalem for two years. It's like, you know what? I'll tell you this. I'm glad they're describing his beauty and just like putting like his physical attributes because we hear that shit about women all the time. Man, they're just trying to indoctrinate you. Don't you see and what's the men going never, on? The men never get the treatment. Let's, in, let's, 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 let's make him a sex object. They're indoctrinating him. Make him you. a sex object. So Absalom lived two full years in Jerusalem without coming into the king's presence. Then... Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king, but Joab would not come to him. He sent a second time, but Joab would not come. Then he said to his servants, Look, Joab's field is next to mine, and he is barely there. Go and set it on fire. (laughs) Well, that thing's escalated quickly. (laughs) Like, wouldn't there be like an in-between step? Yeah, like, how about a warning? Like, or you go and, like, yell at Joab and be like, who do you think you are? You know what I mean? And then if Mm. he ignores you, then maybe Mm. set his field on fire? Yeah. I don't know. It seems like, you know, it's, it's mercurial. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab rose and went to Absalom at his house and said to him, why have your servants set my field on fire? So, like, what? He didn't care? Like, they didn't care to cover their tracks? Like, it was just out in the open? Like, yeah, did he right. want him to know? I guess so. I mean, it's right next to his field. 
<laughs> servants were probably kind of dumb. They did it in broad daylight. Absalom answered Joab, Look, I sent word to you. Come here that I may send you to the king with the question, Why have I come from Gesher? It would be better for me to be there still. Now let me go into the king's presence. If there is guilt in me, let him kill me. Easy guy. <laughs> then Joab went to the king and told him, and he summoned Absalom. So he came to the king and prostrated himself with his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed Absalom. Kiss of death. Wait, probably. that's it. Was like a Michael Corleone kissing <sighs> Fredo kiss. I knew it was you, Fredo. <laughs> you broke my heart. <laughs> Do you think when <laughs> Absalom said to Joab, "Yo, man, I've been calling you." And he looked at his phone and was like, oh, man, it's been on silence. Sorry, man. Nah, he was like, new phone. Who this? <laughs> Thanks for burning down my field because I didn't answer the phone. Uh, yeah. So what do you think of that? <laughs> what do I think of what? The phone? The phone the burning down the field, man. I, like I said, I, I gave extreme. you my thoughts on it. It was, yeah, it was yeah, a step did. too far. Uh, all right. Second Samuel 15. Yeah. Absalom usurps the throne. Usurps. Usurps. What did I say? Usurps. I will continue to say usurps. All right. After this... And I will continue to correct you. (laughs) After this, Absalom provided for himself a chariot and horses and 50 men to run ahead of him. How do you provide that for yourself? Paid for it? It sounds like the Bell Park. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, this was like at midnight on the Bell Parkway. By the way. Like there were kids in, in e-bikes on the Bell Parkway. There's a TikTok of like these dudes driving into like Brooklyn from Manhattan on the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. And all of, all of a sudden, a guy on a one wheel comes fucking whizzing by on the Brooklyn Bridge. You know one wheels? Have you seen yeah, one wheels? Yeah. 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 So he's on a one wheel doing like 50. I didn't know they went that fast. No helmet. Yo, it's crazy, man. You hit like a pebble. <laughs> you are fucking eating pavement. Yeah, let, let, let me just tell one little story about the Brooklyn Bridge. One day I was walking over to Brooklyn Bridge, and I was like, all right, I'm sorry I'm in a fucking bike lane. You ever been on that bridge? Yes. Yo, don't accidentally step into the bike lane yes. even for a split second. Yes. <laughs> well, a lot of bikers, they go out looking to confront people. Oh, of course, yeah. And like train people and let people know yeah. like this is a bike lane and yeah. like yo know, there is not a group of people except for maybe audio files you know what an audio file is someone who really digs like uh, audio fidelity man yes there's nothing more annoying because th- what they talk about is like been p- scientifically proven to be imperceptible to like human hearing you know oh. And they talk about, like, free... So, like, when you ask them advice for, like, headphones, you're like, look, man, I just want to buy, like, a $90 pair of headphones. You're like, well, it's like, what are the best? The only people more obnoxious than that are fucking bike riders. So, listen, I'm in a bike lane, right? I'm riding a bike the other day, right? In a a narrow lane, but it's on a boulevard with a, a median, and there's a bike lane on each side going in opposite directions with the traffic, right? So now I'm in my bike lane, and I see a man and a woman coming at me in my bike lane, and the bike lane's real narrow. Right, so I'm like, I got traffic whizzing by me, and they're supposed to be on the other side of the boulevard, right? So I was like, let me get as far to the right as possible, because that's in America we drive on the right. So I get to the right. If they want to pass me into oncoming traffic, that's on them. Yo, man, as we got close, the woman ditched in front of me like into a side street to let me pass, and her man, they meant to go forward, but I guess she's like, I'm not gonna go head on, have a head on collision with this guy. Her man starts like giving like a wave over motion, like you know you could move over. Like, he wanted me to get closer to the oncoming traffic yeah. to make room for him being in the fuck, going in the wrong fucking direction. Yeah. So you saying people are stupid <sighs> idiots? Oh, fucking. Was this, like, in your neighborhood? It was. Well, that's not surprising because yeah. the people in your neighborhood are like the hills have eyes. Well, you know what's funny? They're also patriots. Except they don't know what side of the fucking road you drive on in America. Yeah. I mean, the the people in your neighborhood. Just, are, just, you just know. so you know, just so you know, in defense of people in my neighborhood, yeah. uh, my neighborhood is a bike throughway to to the beach. Yes. So it's like most most people out riding bikes in my neighborhood are not from my neighborhood. Okay. They're, they're going through. But you're from your. They're neighborhood. They're running the gauntlet <laughs> to get to where they're going. <laughs> it's like driving through Brentwood. <laughs> don't stop! Don't stop! Yeah, keep it moving! Keep it moving! 
Uh, That's why... I forget. I was going to say something. I was going to help identify the neighborhood. Absalom usurps the throne, right? <laughs> After this, Absalom provided for himself a chariot and horses and 50 men to run ahead of him. Absalom used to, used to rise early and stand beside the road into the gate. And when anyone brought a suit before the king for judgment, Absalom would call out and say, From what city are you? When, when the person said, Your servant From is what of- city are you? <laughs> Your servant is of such and such a tribe in Israel. (laughs) Such and such a tribe? I've never heard of it. Absalom would say, See, your claims are good and right, but there is no one deputed by the king to hear you. Why isn't it deputized? Why is it deputed? I don't know. That's probably the old way of saying it. You know, back in these times. Absalom would also say, If only I were judge in the land. Then all who had a suit or cause <laughs> might come to me, and I would give them justice. Whenever people came near to do obeisance to him, he would put out his hand and take hold of them and kiss them. Thus Absalom did to every Israelite who came to the king for judgment, so Absalom stole the hearts of the people of Israel. Not for nothing, but he's this a, kid sounds like a real piece of shit. He's, 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 he's a politician. He's out, there, he's out there meeting the people, greeting nah, the people. Man, he's, he's being shady he's about it. He's undermining his dad. He's like talking about if I was the king, like blah, blah, blah. Like I like the fact they say such and such. I'm from such. That's great. It's yada, yada, yada. That's great. It was Look, back then. Absalom was the king's favorite son, but he had a beautiful sister. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> he went away for a little while, and now he's back. I told you about the lobster bisque. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At the end of four years, Absalom said to the king, please let me go to Hebron and pay the vow that I have made to the Lord. For your servant made a vow while I lived at Gesher in Aram. If the Lord will indeed bring me back to Jerusalem, then I will ser- serve the Lord in Hebron. By the way, that word, Hebron, mm-hmm. it might be Hebron because Hebrew. I'm, I'm down with that. Plus, yeah. you know you want to say Heb. I, want- <laughs> I know. I know. I know what goes on in that well, mind. Go ahead. I'll tell you what I don't want. I give you permission. I'll tell you what I don't want to do. Yeah. I don't want to pronounce it properly. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fair. The king said to him, go in peace. So he got up and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent secret messengers throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then shout, Absalom has become king at Hebron. Two hundred men from Jerusalem went with Absalom. They were invited guests, and they went in innocence, knowing nothing of the matter. While Absalom was offering the sacrifices, he sent for Ahithophel, the Gilanite, David's counselor, from his city Gilo. The conspiracy grew in strength, and the people with Absalom kept increasing. See? He's like, he's building a little cabal to overthrow the fucking king, his dad. So, so he politicked near the king. Anybody who wanted to see the king, he handed out flyers, and like, you know, he, did, he pushed for himself. And he must have, people in Hebron must have sought really having like a real good like grass, grass, grassroots movement for him. So he goes there as it's the first place he's going to take hold, right? Something like that. <laughs> you know what he's doing, man? He's trying to trump this election. <laughs> he's, like, gathering a little cabal of people. He's going to start calling, like, you know, the elections people and, like, oh, fucking yeah. this place. Who did he get? Like, what's uh, who's the guy from? The Gilanite from Gilo? He's calling, like, the mayor Gilo. He's like, you're going to have to find me, like, 200 more votes. Yeah, did you even hear of Gilanite? Gil- Gilanite before this? Nah. They're just making places up now. (laughs) There's no new places. There can't be new places. What, new places just get built? Never. All right, man. David flees from Jerusalem. A messenger came to David saying, The hearts of the Israelites have gone after Absalom. Then David said to all his officials who were with him at Jerusalem, Get up! Let us flee! Or there will be no escape for us from Absalom. Hurry or he will soon overtake us and bring disaster down upon us and attack the city with the edge of the sword. All right, let me ask you a question. (laughs) Is there no, like, they had no idea that any of this was going on. This is a shock to them. No, they absolutely did because he sent secret messengers around to find out if this is what's going to happen. He saw this coming. David saw this coming. So then why is this, like, happening last minute? He had a whole code set up. He had a whole code set up. 
When 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 shout with the, when you hear the trumpet, it means he's the king. Let me know. Blah blah blah. No, this is it. This is their go plan. The king's official <laughs> said to the king, "Your servants are ready to do whatever our lord the king decides." So the king left, followed by all his household, except ten concubines whom he left behind to look after the house. The Hi. king left. I mean, that's weird. The king left, followed by all the people, and they stopped at the last house. All his officials passed by him, and all the Cherethites, and all the Pelethites, and all the 600 Gittites who had followed him from Gath passed on before the king. What's at this house? Okay, wait a minute. Is he stopping the Is rest? Is this the reason why... Like advocates of the Second Amendment will say, see, see, see. Oh, no, they won't because they don't realize what the Second Amendment's really for. How come nobody like said, let's squash this fucking uprising? I don't know why they allowed it to fester for as long as they did. Like, does he have advisors? I don't, is the army not behind him still? It's Yahweh, man. Yahweh's pulling all the strings. But he's not like as active this time around, you know? Like, we're not hearing a lot about Yahweh. Are you cool enough? So, yeah, oh, we're not you meant that. like temperature wise. Yeah, 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 I thought yeah. you meant like, you know, like emotionally yeah. and just like in general. No, like, I just wanted to show the Am I cool off. enough? And it's okay. like, I think I'm fucking pretty fucking cool. You're a cool fucking guy, man. Not <laughs> <laughs> as cool as that shirt you wear, though. <laughs> so, Rusty's wearing a shirt that says grumpy on it with a, with a, one of the seven dwarves. <laughs> grumpy. <laughs> the one named Grumpy. <laughs> I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. So, all right. So he ran. Then the king said to the Ittai, to Ittai the Gittite, Why are you also coming with us? Go back and stay with the king, for you are a foreigner and also an exile from your home. You came only yesterday, and shall I today make you wander about with us while I go wherever I can? Go back and take your kinfolk with you, and may the Lord show steadfast love and faithfulness to you. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I mean, you know. I don't understand this. Then the king said to this guy, yeah. "Go back and stay with the king." Mm. Yeah, because yeah. he's a fish, like he's just giving up that easy. He's just like, "Up, oh, Absalom has it." Yeah, all right. It's like when the when the president flees his palace, like in Africa, because like the military junta is like mm-hmm. about to take over. Mm-hmm. Like he's giving up. All right. Or at the very least, he's like moving his monarchy somewhere else. Yeah, which is what this sounds like. He sounds like he's taking his cabinet with him. But Ittai answered the king, As the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, wherever my lord the king may be, whether for death or for life, there also your servant will be. David said to Ittai, Go then, march on. So Ittai the Gittite marched on with all his men, and all the little ones who were with him. The whole country wept aloud as all the people passed by. The king crossed the Wadi Kidron, and all the people moved on toward the wilderness. Okay, so um, I'm not trusting your time, man. You got there yesterday, and you got this crazy loyalty right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm going, wait, imagine walking in somewhere, there's a fucking coup, and you take the side of the guy you met yesterday, yeah. not the guy that's coming with the army? Yeah. Yeah, Even Donnie Brasco had to, like, stay with the crew for, like, years and years and years, you know? Yeah. And by the way, the bigger question is this. He arrived yesterday. Why would King David even know who this guy is? Like, in one day, he made such an impression on everyone. They were like, yo, King David, you have to meet this guy. He just arrived. He just flew in, and boy, are his arms tired. <laughs> that guy I was telling you about from over there <laughs> so uh, yeah Abathar <laughs> came up and Zadok also with all the Levites carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God oh shit so they're fleeing with the Ark what the hell first of all why would they need to flee if they have the Ark yeah maybe they don't have the Ark maybe they haven't told us yet maybe this is uh, Absalom's guys now have the Ark Abathar. And they're, come, they're coming at David with it. Or fucking God is not with them. Yahweh's not with them. So the ark is just like, you know, doesn't mean anything because the power of God's not there. God hasn't recharged it. Mm. He's let the battery run. 
run out. Uh, Abby Affleck. Well, where is the Ark at this point? Last time I heard the Ark, like people were getting sick for it, so he stuffed it in some guy's house. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know where the Ark is. Abiathar came up, and Zadok also, with all the Levites, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set down the Ark of God until the people had all passed out of the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Carry the Ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and let me, and let me see both it and the place where it stays. But if he says, I take no pleasure in you, here I am, let him do to me what seems good to him. The king also said to priest Zadok, Look, go back to the city in peace, you and Abiathar, with your two sons, Ahimez, your son, and Jonathan, son of Abiathar. See, I will wait at the fords of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. So Zadok and Abiathar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem, and they remained there. Notice how they're not like the guy that just arrived. They're not like, no, no, we're going to be. <laughs> yeah. They're like, all right, see you later. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just take this powerful weapon with us. See ya. David's probably pretty smart here because this arc has been nothing but trouble. It's killer. But he's like, yo, no, yo, no, leave that for <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so he's devious. Yeah. He's like leaving a mine, landmine out there. But David went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives. Weeping as he went, <laughs> with his head covered and walking barefoot. I bet you his feet aren't as sexy as his son's. No, whose could be? And all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up, weeping as they went. <laughs> David was told that Ahithophel, Ahithophel, <laughs> Ahithophel was among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, Oh, Lord. I pray you, turn the council of Ahithophel into foolishness. The Trump administration. Do, do, do. Um, okay, I so understand. So he wants his son to get bad advice from this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Make it a clown court. Yeah. Um, kangaroo court. Can- <laughs> no, not even a kangaroo court. A clown court. court. Oh, shit. Um, I understand you got usurped. How come you got no shoes, man? You were the king like five minutes ago. You don't have shoes. <laughs> it was a fast fall from grace, man. <laughs> wow. Hushai becomes David's it's like spy. A, it's like a Tom and Jerry cartoon, you know, like when Tom thinks he's in trouble and like he immediately digs like a grave and like a headstone and like lies down in it with like flowers, you know. That's what David did. He's like, well, guess I'm not king anymore. Like he threw off like everything. You'd be like, what the hell's up with David, man? You don't know this panicking fuck. <laughs> if you were a Jedi, you'd be panicking Skywalker. Hushai becomes David's spy. When David came to the summit where God was worshipped, Hushai the Archite came to meet him with his coat torn and earth on his head. David... <laughs> What's up, Atlas? <laughs> David said to him, if you go on with me, you will be a burden to me. But if you turn to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I have been your father's servant in time past, so now I will be your servant, then you will defeat for me the council of Ahithophel. The priest Zadok and Abiathar will be there with... That's all, folks. (laughs) Yeah, they'll be with you there. (laughs) So whatever you hear from the king's house, tell it to the priest Zadok and Abiathar. Their two sons are with them there. Zadok's son, Ahimaaz, and Abiathar's son, Jonathan. And by them, you shall report to me everything you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city just as Absalom was entering Jerusalem. Yeah, I'm sure Hushai is going to get all that information and totally not get like killed by anyone <laughs> with this brilliant plan. So he's safely out. He's up a mountain, and Absalom's just entering Jerusalem. Yeah. Nice. I wonder how he's walking in, man. Confidently, what song do you think he's playing? Or is he like clandestinely? He's like sneaking into town. No, this is like no, this is public. Are there man. guards you know, at the gate? Not anymore. They probably are there, are there, there gates, or did Samson steal them? <laughs> Sam, Samson was here. <laughs> so was Red. All right, all right, all right. What do you think, Scott? You uh, you want to do another uh, chapter? How many chapters did we just do? We did two. This next one's pretty short. Is How it? Feeling? Yeah, we can wait. 
Yeah, let's wait. Oh, this, is, this is a pretty big I'm moment. Yeah, this is a, hey, that's not a good one, man. I got excited, man. Got excited. That's a good cliffhanger. All right. So, um, what song do you think he's marching into, man? When the Saints go marching, maybe in. Maybe, maybe, maybe maybe make a poll question, man. What song? Oh no, it have to be like you'd have to come up with the song names. I'd rather they free they could freestyle the song names. So that not not good for a poll, man. We should have a poll about what poll we should have. <laughs> But then we'd have to think of like things to put in the poll. We can't so, even think of one yeah, thing to put in yeah, the poll. Yeah. We're gonna think of like five things. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not gonna work out for us, yeah. man. That's cool. Um, yeah, we're idiots. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, we're not we're not two idiots and a dog, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, how are they doing? I have no idea. I want to stop by and visit them? Not at all. All right, all right everybody. Um, I'm tired. I'm done. I'm Scott. And we will see you the next time. All right. Later. Peace.